Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Welcome to the Beetlejuice Minute, where we discuss Tim Burton's Beetlejuice minute by minute. I'm your host, Julianne Fay, actress and owner of CinemaBliss.com, and my co-host today is Barry Rathbun. I am not an actress. I am more involved in the sound part of making movies. Happy Tuesday. Today we're looking at minute number 73. Charles makes his presentation to Maxie Dean finally, but Maxie really doesn't care about turning the town into a carnival. He just wants to see some ghosts. When Lydia tells her dad that the ghosts aren't there, Charles contradicts her. So, today... Guess who's back with us today? Oh my goodness, it's Christina Perez Webster. Hi, <laughs> I'm back. Yay! And that was Barry saying yay. <laughs> well, I want to make a tiny note. I guess I'll kick it off with I love what today would be considered a very retro presentation. It's on like foam board. He's got a retractable pointer. I love that pointer. <laughs> Nowadays, it would be a PowerPoint with a laser pointer (laughs) and watching it today, instead of like, you know, kind of detracting from it, it actually adds to Charles's enthusiasm. It's just like so quaint that he's so enthusiastic (laughs) with his like, you know, what looks like a scrapboard board and (laughs) and a stick pointer. (laughs) Adds a little extra charm. Yeah, the script has has him being a bit more businessy. Uh, in short, I've got options to buy enough of Main Street to control the city council for a hundred years, and at the prices I'm talking about, if it all fell apart tomorrow, we could just move out and sell it to the Arabs. We still come out. So, thank oh my, God even they more salesy. Good lord! Thank God they cut that. I <laughs> I much prefer him the over enthusiastic. Look, we have a tram because all parks need a tram <laughs> <laughs> and an insect house, <laughs> insect zoo. Yes. So. I, I love the uh, the Talking Marcel Marceau statue for anyone who doesn't get that reference. Uh, I'm assuming the statue just says, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one's seen silent movie? Okay. Oh, uh, no. All right. Sorry. Nope. Back up. Or back backstory. Marcel Marceau, Marceau Marceau is a very famous mime. Oh, sweet. And in Mel Brooks' silent movie, they're trying to make a silent movie. They call up Marcel Marceau asking if he wants to be in the movie in title cards, and he clearly says, no. So then when they ask, what do he say? I don't know. I don't speak French. Uh... <laughs> so the talking Marcel Marceau statue is a, a nice a nice, nice touch, especially because in the script it says a talking Jesse Jackson statue, which doesn't come off near as funny. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See, sometimes I I think scriptwriters think that the final filmmakers have just completely butchered their original story. (laughs) And other times I feel like it was for the best. Yeah, there really hasn't. There's only been like one, a couple times where the script is a little bit better, Mm -hmm. just a little bit more character stuff. But for the most part, no, they definitely made the right decisions all the way through. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they obviously saw a diamond in the rough, rough, rough when they read this screenplay. I was at a film camp once and um, one of the guys putting on the camp was a screenwriter and he was like, being a screenwriter is very interesting because you feel like you give the movie studio this like perfect baby and then they rip off its arms, <laughs> put one of its legs where its arm was, kind of rearrange, stick the head in the middle of the back, do this, oh. and then they hand you back your mutilated child <laughs> in the form of a movie. 
and you don't even recognize what you had given them. And so that's why I say some screenwriters I know probably would be appalled. I think most screenwriters, <laughs> that's unless why they end actually... up being screenwriter directors, exactly. because <laughs> they want that creative control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why we get more writer directors because they've had the mutilation. They've experienced the yeah. mutilation. <laughs> Don't mutant up my baby. Yes, but we're really pleased that this one got <laughs> right, radioactively one got dipped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's a little bit more abrasive yeah. in, in the, the script. script. Yeah. Uh, Maxie has a little bit. Uh, Yes, Charles, let's cut the bull corn. We're here to see ghosts, which is in the movie. Oh, but did they whole... really say corn? Yeah, bull corn. Aww. <laughs> it's actually sweet compared to the rest of oh, the which script. Is, <laughs> which is amusing because his next lines are, this whole ghost town, museum, and such, like, follows a train if you've got the engine. So let's see your GD engine. So oh. he goes from bull corn to not. Yeah. yeah. Then why bother say corn? Exactly. Know, right? <laughs> Just, I mean, everybody else is saying it. Why not you? <laughs> but still, it, it does, because in the... In the movie, you're not sure if he's just rolling his eyes at all of the presentation. He just wants to see ghosts. But in the script, it's a little bit clearer. He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll do all this. But first we need, you know, stop, yeah. stop putting cart before a horse. Right. I um I do have a, a small note about Charles's priorities being so monetary because he's so bored in the country he's the one or this is my theory because he's the one who brought him out to the country so he could be bored on purpose to relax Mm -hmm. but i think he's gotten so bored out in the country this point at this point he doesn't mind facing death to make some money because he's like you know every time she says that the paint peels and then something tries to kill us yeah but most people would leave a house with the paint peeled (laughs) and someone tried to kill them Mm -hmm. but he did just escape with a little a little band-aid Yes, it's still It might there. take a little bit more to. It might take a little bit more dropping down. A few more stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Otho was the stairs. He was just plummeting from a from a height. From a height, yes. Yeah. Does does Delia's outfit seem a bit sexy for this? Okay, she's this got like the so strap funny. showing and then large amounts of. <laughs> Neckline. This, this is so funny because I was just going to mention Delia's fashion <laughs> sense. I kind of like the hat, but I've always kind of had a circusy t- touch, taste, whatever. Uh, but the men, it looks like she's taken a man's coat and, you know, tried to make it female by wearing it off the shoulder. But it's more like she lost, went, you know, went traveling and lost her own suitcase and decided <laughs> to make her own, you know, use her husband's clothes to turn it into woman's cocktail attire mm. or something. Doesn't that just seem like a really thick, tweedy fabric? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I say that meanly because we, you know, we watched her throughout the the movie make gloves into a hat, yeah. a sweater into a pair of trousers. <laughs> you know, she, she really tries for that ultra mod look. Mm-hmm. And I love the contrast of, you know, the wife sitting next to her who's in quintessential pastel 80s lady garb. You oh, know. pearls, the whole yes. conservative. Yeah. yeah, she's got shoulder pads, but they're soft shoulder pads, you know. <laughs> and I'm like tale of two women right there (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) on the other hand we do see that delia does believe in charles and she gives him that little you know supportive wink so again it's nice to see oh yeah you know i was gonna mention something similar that um 
when she first comes into the scene, she's so abrasive and she's so shrill and shrew-like. And we just, uh, how does he see anything in this woman? She softens a little bit. So I think most people, when they watch the movie, they're not going to remember Delia having some transformational arc. There you go. There's a word for mm-hmm. screenwriters, yeah. you know, changing from beginning to end. And maybe she doesn't make a 100% change because she says something a little snarky in a, an upcoming minute. Yeah. Uh, whether it was in the script or if it was just, again, I'm starting to love Catherine O'Hara more and more. Um, she seems to transform or make her character transform a little bit into a more warm-hearted person mm-hmm. in certain scenes at least yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> we get we she has layers she's a little bit more three-dimensional than she originally came off as mm-hmm. right <laughs> uh not three-dimensional is sarah dean who i think has what three lines the entire movie mm-hmm. uh she is played by marine shatham who's been all over TV and movies. She's even working up to this year. She was in Heart of Dixie last year, or two years ago, and Haves and Have Nots this year. So she's oh, wow. she's working actress. She's working with Bo Duke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know who Bo Duke is, but I didn't know that was his. Well, he's he's, he's in, in the it. Haves and Have Nots uh, as well. Yes, uh, John Schneider Studios is in Louisiana, where we're filming this podcast. Not in not, not in his studio, but in the same state as his studio. So uh, every now and then, I get his newsletter and stuff. So he's on the he's in the Haves and Have Nots. Is he a have or have not? Um, he's at have, I believe. Oh, oh gosh, if he's listening. He's now and now he knows now I'm not watching the show. Oh dear, well, I need to hurry ha- up and watch the show. He's a have in real life. He's a have in real life, for sure. He just yeah. usually plays farmers on uh, TV. <laughs> <laughs> and we've already mentioned uh, Robert Goulet. So that was back in minute 39, if Maxie anybody wants Dean. to go back and listen. Right. And, uh, well, let us go forward and go forth and enjoy the day. And we'll catch you here tomorrow for more Beal Juice Minute. Until next time, save us some popcorn and we'll see you soon at the Beal Juice Minute.